What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. There's a lot of news to cover, as has been the case for most of the past few days. So we'll jump right into it. We'll start over at Padres camp. The San Diego Padres had some news yesterday about their superstar shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. It's unfortunate news because he has a fractured left wrist and could miss up to three months. That's a big blow for him and a big blow for the Padres. But this is this is a bit of a unique circumstance given that it was during the lockout. Like so he was hurt at some point during the offseason, but he wasn't able to really communicate this well with the team because of the lockout. This is one of the downsides of the lockout because you know they couldn't have any contact directly with trainers and with the team and stuff. So he injured his left wrist during the offseason, and now he's likely going to require surgery, which would make him miss up to three months. We do have to remember there was, Tatis was involved in a motorcycle, a minor motorcycle accident in December. It's possible these two are related. He said he suffered some bumps and bruises from the minor accident, but his wrist largely felt okay afterwards. And it wasn't until he began to push himself taking some swings in preparation for the season that it was apparent something was wrong. So this is one of those things we don't have the, f the full details as to, you know, did that motorcycle accident cause this or maybe was it worse than, than Tatis anticipated? Or is it something that maybe Tatis tried to downplay? I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to make too much speculation here, but you have to wonder because there just wasn't much transparency between you know the team and him until very recently. So he's going to be out. He's going to be out for a few months. It's going to be a big hit for the Padres. You know, he's their perennial MVP candidate who led the National League with 42 homers, was worth 6.6 .6 baseball reference war last season. That's going to be something they're going to have to, a position they're going to have to fill, but we're starting to see a pattern with Tatis, though. We're starting to see a pattern of injuries. He's still young, though. You know, we have we have had players who are injured quite a bit to start their career, but kind of settle into more stability as they get older and as they get more experience. You know, Bryce Harper comes to mind, someone who was hurt a lot when he was younger and now is is not as injured and is considered pretty durable now. So we we've seen this before. Hopefully Tatis can can follow that same trajectory. But it's it's just the latest blow in a series of injuries for this guy. He will now have missed significant time in three of his first four seasons. And one of those injuries, the the left shoulder, is is something that is something he's been dealing with for several years, which he'll still have to manage when he does eventually come back because he hasn't had surgery on that. I don't think he's rehabbed it or anything. He does believe that his strengthening exercises have paid off on his shoulder, and he believes the injury is fully healed. So that's where things lie. I mean, if he's going to get surgery, I'm sure they'll do it very soon, like within a matter of days, so that they don't waste any more time. We have some trades to discuss. So the big trade from yesterday was the trade sending Matt Olson to the Atlanta Braves. This shocked the baseball world because 
Most of us had been holding out hope that the Braves would re-sign Freddie Freeman because we just don't want to see him play elsewhere. He's the guy, he's, he's the face of the franchise, you know, he's their MVP, everything. But all of a sudden, we hear that the Braves have traded for first baseman Matt Olson, who is an Atlanta native himself, and they sent a pretty big package over to Oakland. And that could spell the end of the Freddie Freeman era in Atlanta because they're getting another first baseman. And yes, they do have the DH in the National League, though, but that, that's, that's quite frankly not what the Braves have in mind. It seems a bit redundant to have both Olsen and Freeman. They're both very similar players. And, yeah, that's, that's probably the end of the Freddie Freeman era. I think the holdup was that what they're saying is the Braves offered Freeman five, a five-year deal. I think it was five years, 135, or five years, 140, something like that. And Freeman wanted a six-year deal. Freeman is 32 now, so you could definitely see where the hesitation is on giving him a six-year deal. But they went out and traded for Matt Olson instead. This is one of those things where you have to remember, this is a business. Right? You can't let too much sentiment get in the way. There are two sides to every negotiation. At the end of the day, the Braves want to win baseball games. They want they want a good first baseman. And when you really do look at it, Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman are pretty much interchangeable. So the Braves might be thinking, hey, we just won a World Series. Freddie Freeman just won the MVP a couple years ago. You know, let's let's cash in while we can. We can get a younger first baseman who's 27, you know, a guy who's, who's five years younger and gives us the same numbers, the same kind of defense, if not even better defense. Why wouldn't we do this? Why wouldn't we do this? And that's that's what that's what they've chose to do. Because they can't really let too much sentiment get in the way of their overall goal, which is obviously win games, make profit. That's the name of the game. So he's a fan favorite, meaning Freddie Freeman. But at the end of the day, you know, each side is going to do what's best for them. Freeman's going to go take the best contract for himself. And the club will get the best players at the best cost for themselves. As for the prospects heading to Oakland, there will be four. And three of them are top 10 Braves prospects. Shea Langoliers, Christian Pache, and Ryan Kusick are three who are in the top 10. And then there's Joey Estes, who's a right-handed pitcher. Shea Langoliers is a catcher. Christian Pache is an outfielder. Ryan Kusick is also a right-handed pitcher like Joey Estes. So those guys are, are going to head to Oakland and, and they're going to get a chance, obviously, because Oakland is an organization that does develop talent pretty well. And they definitely do promote guys. And I'm sure these guys will be at least two or three of these guys will be in the big leagues this season. You can expect that for sure. So that's this is going to be the Atlanta Braves new first baseman, Matt Olson. He was born in Atlanta. You know, raised in the area, that's what it's going to be. Another trade that broke yesterday was the Mariners beefing up their lineup. They went out and traded for a pair of Cincinnati Reds, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. So those are two impact bats right there. The Mariners have been chasing impact bats all offseason. Of course, there, 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 was no, there were no transactions during the offseason but you're talking about Jesse Winker a guy who was who had a great 2021 season 
number seven in Wade Runs Creative Plus in all of baseball last year. He's an on-base machine, has been his entire career. You have Eugenio Suarez, who has popped from the right side. I mean, someone who's, who's hit a lot of home runs in the past. But now all of a sudden, in the middle of this Mariners lineup is Mitch Hanniger, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez, Ty France. That's three through six of the Mariners lineup. That's pretty good. And they also add some balance there with Jesse Winker, who's a left, left-handed hitter who crushes righties. And keep in mind, this AL West, I, I looked it up, and the AL West has a lot of right-handed pitching. It does. And that's a division that Winker could feast on. Like I said, he's always been an on-base machine. But I love this acquisition for Seattle. This is a lineup that is going to be much better in 2022. As for the return going the other way to Cincinnati, it's going to be right-handed pitcher Justin Dunn, outfielder Jake Fraley, left-handed pitcher Brandon Williamson, and a player to be named later or cash considerations. That's going to be the return for Cincinnati. But obviously, Cincinnati is uh, they're going in a different direction. After having a pretty good 2021 and putting themselves in the playoff picture at the end of the year, they're 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 doing something else. They're they're moving in a different direction and they're going to rebuild. But it is what it is. In other news, Andrew McCutcheon. He's agreed to a one-year deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. He's 35 now, so he's no longer the perennial MVP candidate that gave the Brewers so much trouble when he was a Pittsburgh Pirate about a decade ago, but he still hits lefties and gets the job done in the outfield. And the Milwaukee Brewers needed a place like that, needed a player like that on their roster. That's what they got. So it's going to be a one-year deal for Kutch. He's going to be going up to Milwaukee. Last year in Philadelphia, he hit 222 with a 334 on base, 27 homers, and 80 RBIs. Pretty solid counting stats there. You know, his rate stats, I mean, the average OEP slugging, all that, weren't too hot. But as far as home runs and RBIs, you got that from Andrew McCutcheon last year. It's just that his splits were not very good. Didn't hit righties well. Only hit a buck 86 against right handed pitching. But against lefties, he hit 293. So as Kutch moves into the latter part of his career you could probably expect to see him being more of a platoon player and that'll be that so those are the updates we have for now that's going to do for today if you enjoyed this please share it with someone who'd be interested and we'll see you next time on baseball connection